Hi. Welcome to In the Interest of Justice. I'm Dana. And I'm Daniel. And today we are going to cover a topic. I want to give a little mm, PSA, I guess. We are going to talk about the nature of God. And we are not trying to force anything upon anybody. And we are not trying to convince anybody. Otherwise, we are just simply um, giving some ideas. Daniel and I were in the car one time and we got into a deep conversation and we discussed this and it honestly blew my mind. So I would love for you guys to also hear it. But like I said before, we are not trying to persuade anybody or push anybody. Um, We just want to simply expose you to some, maybe some things that you've never thought about before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I'm going to preface some things and lay down some, I guess you'd say ground rules, right? Like when it comes to the way science works and, and, and physics and things like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to lay it all out there. It's going to be a little mind blowing, um, which for those uh, who read or, you know, believe, um, you know, it, it said that we can't fully comprehend God's nature. Right. And which makes sense when we start talking about what I'm going to talk about, like to somebody who hasn't thought of this and especially somebody in like, I don't know, a thousand BC kind of thing. There's no way like they, this would have never, it, it would have been impossible for them to comprehend, right? Because of where we've come with math and science and um, things like that in since that time. So yeah, for sure. Okay, perfect. So like I said before, Daniel and I, we get in these moods where sometimes we just dive real deep into things. And Daniel is the very intelligent one. He got all the brains. He was able to be the one that would sit in class and retain all the information and be able to take a test on it immediately afterwards. Whereas I would have to study and I would have to highlight and read notes and re-listen to lectures. And anyway, so this blew my mind. Um, I don't remember where we were driving to. I think we were driving to Indiana, but needless to say, I'm going to let you kind of take it away. Cool. So let's start with some ground rules. One, so going on the assumption that God as we know it, or a God-like creator, whatever it may be, exists. So anything in our universe has to follow the rules of our universe, which we've put in as the laws of motion and gravity and like all the other physics laws that are put in place. It ha- whatever exists here has to follow those rules um, in the dimensions in which we live, right? And we'll kind of get into that. Um, so if this God, whether, you know, it be monotheistic or polytheistic in that sense, exists, we're going to go with the monotheistic um, Christian God, which is shared amongst Jewish and technically Muslim faiths as well. Um So as a singular, all-knowing, all-creator, all this or that, okay? So let's get mathematical because, again, this is titled the um, scientific scientific nature of God. So, you know, what would he be based upon what we know and what we can fathom could possibly exist in a a scientific mindset, okay? So let's get mathematical. the zeroth dimension. So let's start off. Let's let's lay down what each dimension is. The zeroth dimension, which is a point. A point 
put your finger out there, and at the end of your fingertip, that is a point in space. There's no length. There's no width. There's none of that. But it's a it's like a point on a map. So now let's move up to a single dimension, which would be a line, right? So a line has one dimension, and that would be length. Now, when we draw it on a piece of paper, right, it has to have a width for us to physically see it. But in the actual physical sense, a line only has one dimension because it is, connects two points in space. So if I have a zero-dimensional object and a zero-dimensional object, and I draw between those two things and connect it, we have a line. And what does it have? It has a length. There's a distance between those two points. It right. could be really long, really short. Okay. Now, this is where we're going to start getting into to shadows um, in the sense of removing a dimension. So imagine in your mind you have a line. Okay. Put your two fingers up in the air. They don't have to be parallel. They can be however you want them. Okay. And in between, in a straight line between those two is a line. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, take that line that you just created and turn it to where you're looking at the tiny side. Not the length part, but where the width would be. And look straight down. What do you see? A singular what? Finger? Point. Yeah, a right? point. <laughs> a point. You see your finger. Yes. Very good. Okay. <laughs> but, you're, but remember, the tip of your finger represents what? The point. A point. Right? Okay. So, therefore, if you were to, you know, cast a shadow on a one-dimensional object in that sense, you would see a zeroth dimension. Okay. So now let's get into one that's a little closer to what we would be used to. So now a two-dimensional object has a length and a what? Width. Oh, width. Very good. So it has a length and a width. So now let's imagine a piece of paper, and we're going to draw a square in the square hole. Okay? You draw <laughs> a square, for those of you who followed up on a previous episode. Okay? So now draw a square in your mind on a piece of paper. That is what? That's four lines put together. But most mm -hmm. importantly, not only is there a length, but now this object also has a width. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now turn that object sideways, so almost a piece of paper, okay, if you will, and turn that sideways. Now, what do you see? Just that one plane. Which would be what connects two points? A line. A line, good. So the shadow of a two-dimensional object would be a one-dimensional object, which is a line, okay? Now, let's get into what we would all be very familiar with which is the third dimension. Third dimension has a length, a width, and a what? Starts with the letter D. Oh, I was thinking height. <laughs> no, that, that would be either length or width. And then a depth, right? We're in the, so on a, on a plane, you have your X axis, which is side to side, your Y axis, which is up and down. Mm -hmm. Then you have your Z axis, which is depth that comes either out towards you or away from you. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. So now we're thinking in three dimensions. That's the dimension in which we exist. We exist in the third dimension, okay? Whenever we have been cast a shadow, so imagine there's a light, okay? You go outside, the sunlight, okay? Think of a tree. A tree's three-dimensional, right? A box of, I don't know, a shoebox is three-dimensional, right? Mm -hmm. So again, this is what we exist in. So if you shine a light on any three-dimensional object, what is on the other side? A shadow. Shadow, very good. And a shadow, does a shadow have any depth? No. No, it is simply a length and a width, right? You can measure it, but you can't measure how deep that shadow is. Right. So that further proves the point that the shadow of a three-dimensional object is a two-dimensional, 
which follows two to one, one to zero. Okay. So now let's move upwards. So we have determined that time is the fourth dimension, and this is where things get a little wonky. Um, time, we cannot interact with, right? We are bound by time. We cannot interact with time. We can get close to extremely heavy objects and distort time for ourselves if we're near that heavy object because the gravity and the way things move, they move faster and slower depending if you're next to a heavy object. Okay, we're not going to get that far into it for this podcast. Okay, but usually we cannot turn back the hands on a clock and suddenly time go backwards, right? Right. By the same token, something in, so say there was a world in which these two-dimensional creatures lived, like shadow creatures, okay? Like they exist as a two-dimensional object. They could not interact in our world. Try as they might. So they Peter could, Pan is fake. Sure, I'm not sure where that reference comes from, but sure, Peter we'll go Pan with that. Peter Pan and his shadow. Okay, there we go. Okay, I get that. So yes, but try as Peter Pan's shadow might, it still could not interact with the third dimensional world, right? Like a, if if a shadow was animate, if you will, it could push as hard as it wanted to on a tree and that tree, it couldn't truly interact with it. Okay. Okay. It could move around it. It could exist beside it, but it could not interact with it. However, Wait. we, go ahead. What? Will we be able to talk about ghosts? Again, that's that energy thing and dimensional. I'm not sure. Okay, oh, so okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking along those same lines because time, again, it, we can't interact with it because we're third dimensional beings, but that doesn't mean that our spirit isn't something of a higher dimension. Okay. Right? That makes like, sense, yeah. So we'll get into that, guys. We'll get there. We're getting there. Okay, I'm, okay. Laying, I'm laying some ground rules. So... But we can interact with the secondary, or we can interact with the second dimension, right? So think shadow puppet. We can use our third dimensional body and cast whatever shape shadow we want. So if there were these two dimensional shadow beings, if you will, we would be able to change their world completely, right? So if we saw one of them standing there on a wall, we could make a shadow and trap them inside of a box, right? Like we could do this with our hands. And then trap them inside, see. right? They can't well, see I know. I'm, I'm making a box. <laughs> I'm making a box with my hands using, touching my index fingers and my thumbs together, right? I'm kind of talking to you, sister, when I say this, right? Yes. So I could do this to a light and put that whole of that shadow of the, the hole of, in my hands that I've created, the rectangle that I've made between my index fingers and my thumbs, and trap that thing inside there. I'm completely yes. interacting with its world and with such ease, right? It takes almost no effort at all. Yeah, you can easily manipulate the the second dimension. And another thing, we can, with effort, manipulate our own dimension, right? So if there's a a box on the floor, we can pick up and move that box. We, as a third dimensional being, interacted with our third dimensional world. It took more effort than than casting a shadow on a wall. Right. But we still, we're not bound by our own dimension. But we are bound by the fourth dimension. We cannot interact with time. So now let's move up forward. So that means whatever, whomever, whatever created us has to potentially be in a dimension higher than us. And the Bible says that God is what? Timeless, right? Mm-hmm. He's not bound by time. He can interact with time. He's made time stand still. He created time as you will, right? Right. 
So that means he is at least a fourth dimensional being because he can move around in the fourth dimension just as easily as I could get up and walk to the door of this room. Right. He could just as easily traverse that fourth dimension. Um, also, for instance, so if we'll get to that one in a moment. So if, if he can do that, and again, he can just as easily interact with our dimension as easily as we can interact with the secondary dimension, right? Casting shadows. He can cast his shadows. Another thing, if you want to take this into, um, not out of context, but by putting a context that isn't initially thought there before, we're created in God's what, according to the Bible? His image. Image. If I, if I, if you were to stand next to a wall and I shine a light at you, your shadow would be in your image. Image. So that secondary, that one dimension below, so n minus one dimension, is in the image of whatever is above it. Right. So if we're created in God's image, then that could mean that, you know, we're a shadow version, quote unquote, if you will. Okay. That makes you see what sense. I'm saying? You see where I'm going yeah. with that? Yeah. And so, you know, people say too, um, well, you know, the Bible doesn't say anything about anybody, any other living beings existed. Okay. Well, I, as a third dimensional being, am going to go in the living room and make a Lego world. And I'm going to go in the kitchen and make another Lego world. Yeah. I don't have to talk about the other Lego worlds to like the I, other Lego worlds. Yeah. Like <laughs> who, who are the Legos to me for me to have to answer to them if I made any more Legos? Right. You know what I mean? Like they can exist in two different places and I, and I created them. They're my world. They're my creation. Why do I have to tell either one of those Lego worlds that the other Lego world exists? So do aliens exist? So as, as a teacher <laughs> of Earth and Space Science, well, no, no. So as a teacher of Earth and Space Science, I get that question all the time. Kids will ask, well, do you believe in aliens? And I will say this. I believe there's something else out there. It's selfish with, for us to think that we are the only yeah, being. <laughs> yeah. With Okay. With how infinitely big our universe is, for us to be the only form of life is yeah it's it's almost a little selfish to think like and naive to think that there's no other potential life like is it a singular celled organism maybe but does some life somewhere else exist it has to based on just probabilities right like okay, if sorry. you roll <laughs> yeah well if you roll a dice an infinite number of times for it to come up double sixes only one time is naive, right? right. Like if, so, um, I mean, you're rolling a whole lot more dice than that, and you're trying to come up with all of them being sixes. But still, if you roll it an infinite number of times, odds of it happening once is literally impossible. Right. right? So anyways, that's beside the point. So what I'm trying to say is, is that based on the small snippet of text, and again, taking it out of context, you know, but being made in his image, shadows are technically in the image of the, you know, dimension above it. Mm -hmm. um, and it. And it always says too that God is the way, the truth and the, the light, right? Like it says he's the light, the light of the world, the light of this, the light of that. So that means that this, there's shadows being cast because anytime you have light, you have shadow. 
Right. There has to be, right? So with all those references, it makes me believe that there is an upward trend of dimensions. Um, is there a fifth? I don't know. I'm not that well-versed. But if there is, then time would be a shadow of the fifth dimension. And then the fifth would be a shadow of the sixth. Then you just work your way all the way up the chain. Right? And so this is where it gets really mind-blowing. What As if, if it hasn't already been. <laughs> well, right. But what if there's a creator of the God as we know it, right? What if there is a fifth dimension and if God is a fourth dimensional being existing within the dimension of time above us, which we can't, you know, physically see or perceive, but you know, if he exists there, then what says there's not something above him that made him. And again, if you go back to say, well, the Bible says again, if something had created me, am I going to have to tell my Lego people that something made me? Right. No, I am those Lego people. I am their God, right? I put them there. They exist and the world they live in is all designed by me. Why would I relinquish that power to say that something was more than me? Because then they would what? They wouldn't believe me, trust me. You know, I would not be their ultimate authority. Whatever's above me would be the ultimate authority to them. Right. Right. Um, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around when it says like God was the beginning um, because he's always been around. So like there wasn't a beginning as like, we know time. And that's what sh I struggle wrapping my brain around sometimes. Right. So let's go back to the Lego people thing, right? <laughs> Legos didn't exist in the 1500s, right? Right. But humans existed in the 1500s and then we made Legos eventually. Yeah. But to them, their world started in whatever year Legos were made, like the 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s, whatever Legos were made, right? That's when the Lego timeline existed. So we are Legos. Something existed beyond before us. And right. it's kind of hard for us to wrap our mind around, wait, something existed before we did? Right. Well, yeah. Right? It's just, you know, time as we know it. Um, And again, the Bible was written... For people who had zero understanding of the world in which we live or in the, in the world in which we currently live, right? That, like the theory of gravity didn't even appear until the 1600s AD. Right. Right. So, you know, people thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of years before that would have not had a clue as to these things. Um, and that's why a lot of the, the Jewish laws, the ones that were in the old Testament that have since been outdated, they were put into place to protect people because they didn't know what bacteria were. They didn't know what viruses were. They didn't know. Yeah. Like the lepers. Right. And then, you know, like eating fish with no scales, like catfish, they're what they're bottom feeders. Yeah. Um, and so if you were to eat a catfish or fish without scales, they're more than likely a bottom feeder, which means what they had in them, like the mud veins and the other disgusting things inside catfish could get into people, make them sick, you know, that kind of thing. So a lot of those laws, if you go back and read them, they were there to protect people who had no knowledge of the natural world around them other than it just existed. Right. So you have to take that into, in an account as well. So, you know, when it says we, we can't truly know his identity. Well, true, because we barely even know the world in which we live, let alone the worlds above us or, or, you know, outside of us. 
Correct. So, your thoughts, little sister? Wild. <laughs> um, I'm glad we have it on recording because I was trying to explain it to somebody before and I was like, I just don't know how to explain it, but it was so cool. Um, it all makes sense though. To me, it it definitely makes sense with the different dimensions and the shadows and how it, you know, we would be in the image of God. We would be the shadow of God. Um, it that does make sense to me. Right. It's and just, how he's not bound by time, but yet we are. Right. Just as if, you know, a shadow being on the wall would be trapped by us, you know, being above it, you know. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of time to think about this. And am I saying that this is true? This is it. This is no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is a toss the quarter at a, you know, you know, those when they have the baseball field and they bring the tiny little bucket out there and and everybody, you get to pay like a dollar for a tennis ball. And if you get it inside the bucket, you know, you win something. That's essentially what we're doing here. I am in like row 74 seat H and I am just chucking a tennis ball at a bucket. (laughs) <laughs> that bucket might not even exist, right? But that's what I'm really doing here is I'm I'm taking something that we've defined and trying to put a definition on what something could be. Right. right. That's that's really what's happening. Um so take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Like refute it, go against it. That's that's cool because any hole that you can make in it that isn't just a theological hole. Because And that's where science and religion really divide is religion is faith. Right. And it is, it just is right. So you just have to believe in your heart of hearts that it is what it is because that's what this book tells us where science is the opposite. Give me evidence. Give me proof. Give me definitions. Give me, you know, proof, if you will, like put definition, put terms to it. Yes. Tangible, make terms to it. So that's where those two things divide. Um, where one is, it is just because it is. And the other one is, well, it is. So why is it? Right. Um, and so those two worlds can never mix. They they can never mix. And that's the, what's what I'm looking for? That's the mark of a good scientist is, yes, they can absolutely believe in whatever, you know, religion or faith or whatever they may want. But they have to put that aside in order to explain our natural world. Because science does not accept the answer of, well, it just is. Right. It, it does not accept that as an answer. So that so a lot of people have that argument of like, well, why can't you be religious and a scientist at the same time? Well, you can, but you have to be able to put it to the side momentarily to explain our natural world. Anyways, that was uh, quite a long explanation. Some of you may be like, sitting there with drool coming out of your mouth. And I don't blame (laughs) you. I don't blame you because again, I've had a lot of time to think about this. And um, there were some times where I did mindless jobs. And so as I'm filling orders in a warehouse at one in the morning, I have time to think about these things. Um, So that's where I did a lot of this, but any questions or comments or anything, just, let us know. I would love to be able to talk further about it or better explain or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't deal with controversy very well, so please don't come yelling at us. <laughs> I would love if you were nice about it. Um, if you disagree, um, feel free to reach out. I just don't do well when people yell at me. 
Um, so if you would like to message us and maybe have some questions or comments or concerns, you can do that. Interest of Justice Pod at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram. It's Interest of Justice. And then if you find us on Facebook, it's just in the interest of justice, you should see our little logo pop up. Um, we've been posting a little bit on there. I did do an upcoming lineup. So next week, we're going to talk about modern education. Um, both of us were teacher. Well, I was a teacher. He currently is a teacher. So we're going to talk about what the classroom looks like today versus how it looked like when we were in school. And then the next one, we have millennials in the workforce. And just that one's going to be a little bit funny, but a little bit also just discussing some troubles that we run across. Um, on April 9th, we're going to talk about Nostalgia Take Two by popular request. Everybody has been messaging and telling us what we missed and what we need to add. And everybody is asking us to do that again. So we are listening and we're going to do that. That's going to be our 10th episode. And then, uh oh, I have a typo on here. The next week will be Enneagrams, where we talk a little bit about personality tests. Those are fun. Yeah. So, um, and Daniel's realization about Enneagrams and how it describes who he is. Um, it's, and- <laughs> it's scary. Like throw, throw anything. What are those called? Horoscopes and like astrological sign. No, no, no. Throw those out. Enneagrams. That's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we can take personality tests and see what we are. And, um, we'll discuss all the different Enneagrams and, um, I'll definitely do all the research for that and make sure that I say all the right things. I'm a little bit of an oddball and I'm split between two almost evenly. It depends on the day whether I'm one or the other. So we will talk about that. So we are so excited about the upcoming episodes. And I think it just means you're bipolar. Maybe. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Multiple personalities. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> awesome. So do you think that's it? I think so. I think the people deserve a brain break. Have a yeah. great day, folks. <laughs> Or evening, whatever it may be. Cue the outro. I was waiting for you to say it.